I am Kamara McHale and welcome to the very first episode of Conversations with Kamara, the podcast. I am so excited that um, we can be here to set up a platform of a healthy dialogue of depression and anxiety. Um, A lot of us suffer um, a little bit about myself. Back in 2005, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, acute anxiety disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. With me, I had a life event, and I knew immediately that I needed to seek professional help, and that is exactly what I did. So part of the uh, podcast is going to rely heavily on my book. It's called Kept My Enemy Closer, The True Story of My 14-Year Battle with Depression. Um, I am a 54-year-old black woman, and I know that with many uh, black or African-American people, we don't like to talk about depression. It's like it's kind of like taboo. And then with Christians, a lot of Christians suffer with depression, but they really don't want to talk about it. And I don't know if it's because of the backlash or they feel like their faith is uh, somehow weaker because they don't, um, they're not healed. So whether it's diabetes, high blood pressure, you get treated for that. You need to get treated for a depression and anxiety. I'm going to go ahead and do my whole harmless or my waiver. I am not a mental health therapist. I am not a psychiatrist and I am not a clinician. I am simplistically someone who suffers from depression and I want to share my experiences hoping that it will help you uh, professionally or just, uh, you know, in your day-to-day life. So we're going to start with chapter 66. My book is in descending order because it's so it's really like it's chapter one, but it's the last uh, chapter of the book, which is actually 66 and it's entitled The D Word. Um, So with all that said, let's start the conversation. So the third paragraph of my book, it starts out, how is it, how is it possible that one day I didn't want to get out of bed? I didn't want to laugh. I didn't want to talk. Me. I just wanted to close my eyes and let go of everyone that I loved and everything that I had known and everyone that could have loved me. I no longer wanted anything that I had worked hard for. I didn't want to see nor talk to my children. My husband didn't matter to me anymore. I didn't want to talk to my mom. I didn't want to plan another business event. I wanted intellect worldwide to disappear. I didn't want to go to another meeting. I didn't want to do anything, anything at all, nothing no thing. I didn't want to breathe. I didn't want to. I didn't. During the time of my diagnosis in 2005, I took the liberty of writing my own obituary. For years during the crippling depression, I decided that I wanted to go quietly, as depressed as I was, and sit at my computer and write down my final wishes. Me, the person who was deathly afraid of dying, afraid of a casket, terrified of being at a funeral, let alone the VIP of said funeral. So at that point in my life, I felt alone. Uh, One of the things that um, was very weighed heavily for me was that I immediately, I didn't want to be around anyone. So me and my mom are extremely close. We probably talk about two or three times a day. My mom couldn't get in touch with me. She called me at home, nothing on the cell phone, nothing. She knew that something was really wrong with me. Uh, That time at the diagnosis, my daughter was 20 years old and my son was 16 years old. I didn't want to talk to my son who was still living at home. My daughter was away in college. I didn't want to talk or communicate with her. 
my husband. I wanted nothing to do with my husband, but between he and I, we were the only two that actually knew that something was wrong with me. My friends, I initially tried to isolate from them, but they probably, I think they kind of weren't hearing that. They were coming by, they were calling, they were calling my husband, and I just, I didn't want to be bothered with anybody because for sure, if they heard my voice or if they saw me, they knew that I was out of it and it was not my normally spunky personality. It's like I was a different person. Uh, Two things also, um, I know professionally, I've been told that people who suffer from depression, they sleep too much or they don't sleep at all. I really didn't sleep much at all. I would, um, uh, you know, take my shower, get in the bed. All I wanted to do was cling to my bed. And all I wanted to do was like, if I could just sleep and have it all go away. It affects people differently as I have learned over time. And another part that I just read to you about the final plans, I didn't see any way of getting out of depression. So to me, even though I was scared to die, I felt that if I could just close my eyes and not wake up, that somehow I would feel better, uh, you know, staring death in the face. I never wanted to, you know, hoist myself out of a window or, you know, have someone hit me with a car. I literally just would, you know, almost ask God to just let me go to sleep and that I would sleep and just literally like enter into heaven. And I know that sounds a bit um, like cuckoo, but that's how I felt. And I can only share about my experiences. So I wrote the obituary and I wrote the plans for my service. Excuse me. And when I tell you I wrote the plans for my service, I did. I selected the the font type, the <clears throat> sorry, the font type, the uh, the lettering, you know, the twelve uh, pixels or whatever you call it, the picture that I picked out, who would sing, you know, the ushers that would be there, almost like when you're planning a, a wedding, but it was literally um, for my funeral. Um, I was completely lost, uh, and depression gripped me mentally and physically. So, um, people have asked me like, why did I I write the book? I wrote the book, um, as a journal, my doctor at the time uh, told me, she said, I think it would help if you would journal. And I didn't do it immediately because I literally didn't, I I really didn't feel like it. I just wanted to sleep. And eventually I started, uh, eventually I started, um, uh, journaling and, with the um, onset of depression, she would actually ask me to um, like talk about in the journaling to talk about things that I would like to do better in or to be better at. And I couldn't because all I knew is that I was in so much pain. I just, I wanted to die. Um, And I didn't uh, look at depression and uh, feel good about it. But I know that with the Christian faith, faith, which is what I am, it's, we're told that God doesn't like, you will go to hell if you uh, die by suicide. And for some reason, you know, I, I believe that, but I felt that God loved me so much and that he knew me since I was a child. So therefore it was okay for me to take my own life. And I know that sounds like so far out there, but literally I had no fear of, you know, dying and going to hell because I I didn't feel like God would put me in hell. I felt like 
he would um, understand my heart and he would understand that I was hurting so bad. So it was like, it was, he didn't want me to commit, commit suicide, but it was like, it's okay because he knew that I loved him and that I tried everything uh, within my power, you know, to do, to stay alive. And he understood, um, you know, the hurt that was, that was in my heart. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you some of the, um, the details of me planning my own, uh, death and program. So I had picked out a powder blue hearse. Um, I then chose the picture that I wanted to be on my funeral program. I already owned a blue powder suit, a business suit, a pants suit. It would be all that I needed to complete my farewell to the world. The color, I'm sorry, the color powder blue came to me one day when I was driving westbound on I-275. Just to let you know, I live in, in Tampa. Uh, a few vehicles behind me in traffic, a powder blue hearse was in my rear view. I was afraid to be in front of it, on the side of it, next to it, and behind it. But for some reason, I just had to see this through. The driver of the hearse ended up in the lane to my left. The hearse then passed by and it ended up a few cars ahead still on my left. I looked at it more closely than I had ever looked at a hearse. Normally, I nearly crashed into a car, truck or van, etc., trying my best to get away from it. Then, as a breath of fresh air, I had just discovered that that's what I wanted. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go to page uh, 11, uh, the last full paragraph. Um, it says, uh, at the time of my initial diagnosis, I would continue the obituary writing. I had it down perfectly. The songs and who would sing the songs, even the details of the font size and type for the printed program. I wanted to be cremated. I didn't want to be buried. I was terrified at the thought of that. I had already made up in my mind that I would only have a memorial service. I wanted a pre-chosen picture uh, to grace where the tripod would be placed near the flowers to the right of the pulpit at St. John Progressive. St. John Progressive is the church that I grew up in. I, me and my family joined that church when I was 11 years old. And I was a member there until I think I was about 38 years old. Uh, there would be no wake, no, no. Not only would I be dead, but why would I want to put my children through that? I would spare them the debilitation of having to sit there with my body just a few feet away and them having to look over at my face and cry. I would not do that to my children nor my family. I didn't want over-the-top makeup on my cold face. Not at all. Plus, decades ago, when there were funerals at my church, the families would be sitting there in the front row and the funeral directors would push the casket up to the family as they were seated. Oh my God, no. That was scary and jolting to even think about it back then and now. How on earth did I want a powder blue suit and a hearse, but my body cremated? I hadn't figured all of that out. So um, the first episode here is going to be a little uh, short and concise just to, you know, um, get out there and just start talking about it. So I want to close out by saying uh, thank you for spending, you know, these few minutes with me. I really appreciate it. And I wanted to let you know I have a website. Um, it's called Conversations with Kamara. Conversations with a K. So Conversations with Kamara. K-A-M-A-R-A. Com. I also um, wanted to give away a few books. I had a corporate sponsor and he wanted to uh, me to offer my book for free about five copies to people or people who you know that uh, dis that suffer from depression. 
So um, again, thank you so much. My website is conversationswithkamara.com, conversationswithkamara.com. Feel free on that page to also send me any questions, anything that you might want to talk about. And again, just remember, I'm not a mental health specialist or anything. I'm just a person who suffers from depression, who wants to reach out to people and let's uh, just have a good, strong dialogue about depression and anxiety. Thank you all again and have an absolutely wonderful day.